Hello, Lori. Hey, Jim. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Good, 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 good. Let me turn it down just a little bit. Okay. And we can get started here. Can you hear me loud and clear? I can hear you loud and clear. So this is Jim English, and welcome to my podcast called The Who Gives the Shit Files. And I have to ask you, how many podcasts have their own nutritional consultant? <laughs> Probably a lot. But uh, this is uh, Lori English, uh, Lori Kelch. I'm sorry, Lori Kelch is our special guest. She's my sister. She's got a passion for nutrition and holistic medicine. And she's got a resume that is longer than my arm. And our family is very proud of her and what she's accomplished. And few people are as dedicated to their craft as she is. How's that for an introduction, sis? It sounds great, Jim. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> and I think our topic today is vitamin D. And, you know, I've heard a lot about vitamin D, but I never started hearing about it, Lori, until you brought it up. What makes vitamin D so important? Well, first of all, let's clarify, because there's different forms of vitamin D. So what Excellent. we're going to be what we're going to be primarily talking about is going to be vitamin D3. I see. Which is the form that we get from the sun. And we also get it from primarily fatty foods. So the okay. other form is, is vitamin D2, which is plant-based, which certainly has some um, benefits to the body similar to vitamin D3. But there's a lot of enzyme activity that has to go on to convert it. And so vitamin D3 is really the best um, uh, and the, more, the most straightforward source to get, to get that vitamin. And, and here's the thing about D3 that's so important. And I think sometimes we kind of, because our medical system doesn't really value uh, nutrients specifically, so we aren't, we, we very often don't know the role of these nutrients and the impact that they have on the body and how important they are. So, and I think vitamin D3 is one of those, except that I think that it's finally within the last few years, it's finally starting to, um, or has emerged as um, something that's really important in our health from early on until, you know, un until we go. So, um, the important thing about vitamin D3 is that it's a pro-hormone. So it's not really a vitamin per se. And by saying it's a pro-hormone, basically what that means is that it doesn't actually um, produce hormones itself, but it supports the systems that do produce hormones. I see. And, you know, it's getting more and more visibility because I know that the CDC and others was, was saying that you take vitamin D and it will lessen the impact of COVID if you get it. Absolutely. That's because it's just really uh, crucial for the immune system. And when we look at, you know, for example, our immune system, what we want it to do is support our health, but we don't want it to overreact. And so one of the things that vitamin D3 will do is help modulate the immune system so that when we need that immunity, it's um, really going to, you know, come to our defense, but um, it won't cause the immune system to over-respond or continually respond, which then can cause some autoimmune problems. Yes. So you're talking about, about lupus being one of those things where your immune system goes crazy and starts devouring things. And Absolutely. Also, and rheumatoid arthritis. 
where, rheumatoid arthritis. Yes. Multiple sclerosis. Yes. Type so, one diabetes. There's a bunch of them. Yeah. So uh, D3 helps you. It, it, so it gives your immune system the right amount to fight, but not start devouring or overreacting parts of your body. Is that correct? That is correct. That's a good, that's a good way to put it. That's definitely a good way to put it. Yeah. So, um, you know, when we, when we use the, the thing that we have to understand is that if we're looking at food sources of vitamin D3, vitamin D3 is a fat soluble vitamin along with uh -huh. vitamin A, vitamin K and vitamin E. Those mm -hmm. are the fat soluble vitamins, which means that we need fat in our diet. If you recall our, our previous podcast. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay. And we talked about how important fat really is um, because if we remove the fat out of real fat foods, then we're also removing these fat soluble vitamins such as vitamin D3. So it's really important that we get these fatty foods in our diet. So for vitamin D3, it would be things like um, oily fish, like salmon, uh, cod liver oil, egg yolks, uh, high fat dairy or real fat dairy without the, the fat removed. Um, but there's also something cool that we can do that not many people know about is that um, you can actually take fresh mushrooms and if you turn them with the underside up and let them dry in the sun, that helps create some vitamin D3. Really? Absolutely. But our best source of vitamin D3, of course, is the sun. It is. It is. And once we started slathering on you know, high, um, uh, you know, those high numbers of preventing the sun's rays from hitting our skin, right. we're blocking vitamin D3. Do you remember as kids how often we were in the sun? Yes, we lived in the sun. Okay. Do you ever remember us wearing sunscreen? Never. Never. So, you know, this is really important for establishing a level of vitamin D3 because, um, Vitamin D3 being that it's a pro-hormone, it also uh, affects the way our genes will express. Interesting. So, yes, fat-soluble vitamins definitely can, can affect gene expression. So, so from, what, about, what about like if somebody is in the sun every day and tans themselves a golden brown, do they still start getting vitamin D3 or do you, do you have to moderate that a little bit? How much well, sun do you get? It, there will be some moderation naturally occurring mm -hmm. because people who have darker skin, so when you get into really brown and black skin populations, the vitamin D does not absorb as quickly as it will in paler people. Really? So, as we develop a tan, that will regulate the amount of vitamin D our body gets. However, let me just say this, because I've, I've learned a few things over the years when it comes to the sun. I don't believe that humans are meant to sunbathe. Right. I believe we are meant to get out in the sun on a regular basis, absorb those sun rays, the ones that we are blocking with, with sunblock, um, and, and to do that on a fairly regular basis. Now, you're in a climate where you can do that a lot more regularly than I am. Yes, so, I live in Newport Beach for the audience, and yeah. my lovely sister lives in the Dayton, Ohio area. Yes, so we uh, and there hasn't been a whole lot of vitamin D producing sun here lately. So I take a supplement, but I think most people should. But it is important 
um, to have your vitamin D levels checked so that when people go for a yearly blood test or whatever it might be, you'll want to get those levels checked because being a fat soluble vitamin, it's not going to excrete through urine. It's going to store more in the body. So yeah. what would you, what would you suggest Lori for a vitamin D supplement? Would you suggest, uh, what is it, milligrams? How, how is it measured? It's generally what... measured in international units, mm -hmm. which is a way that they um, uh, uh, measure fat-soluble vitamins. So you're looking at, if you're taking a good multivitamin, now I, I'm not talking about something that you're going to go into your local drugstore and buy the cheapest that you can. I'm talking Got about it. going to a, a, a reputable health food store or buying it from a reputable co uh, company online. And you're probably going to get anywhere from, say, 600 to 1,000 units in a multivitamin. Generally, what the vitamin D people will tell you, the, the experts, is that you want anywhere from about 1,000 milligrams, maybe, or 1,000 units, uh, or 2,000 units a day, up to about 5,000 units a day. Now, if somebody's deficient, they will take more for a shorter period of time to get those levels up there, and then you can back down a little bit uh, with your supplements. But the studies that were done on vitamin D3 related to COVID is that, as you, you mentioned, but to take that one step further, people who had the most severe symptoms had the lowest vitamin D3 levels. So it's, it's Yeah, it's really important to keep that up. But there's one other caveat here that we have to understand. And that is that there is no vitamin, regardless of what it is, there is no vitamin that works on its own. All vitamins and minerals work in synergy. And that's what you, or in a synergistic mode, that's what you find in food. So taking a supplemental amount of any vitamin, you really need to be sure that there's a balance going on. So for example, um, for women especially, we're given these, you know, vitamin D3 plus calcium to build our bones, to prevent osteoporosis. It's huge. This is a big, it's big for the supplement interest industry. It's big for any vitamin industry. And you're selling a lot of calcium with vitamin D3. The problem with this is that there's other nutrients such as vitamin K2 that play within that synergistic dance of what those nutrients do that are absolutely <laughs> crucial for when they get into the body. So because if, if let me just briefly tell you this real quick. So vitamin D3 and calcium actually form a hormone called osteocalcin. It's really important for bones and teeth, but now they're finding it's important for brain health and heart health and reproductive health and other health that go on in the body. But what happens is, is that our bones break down and build up throughout our lifetime. In fact, it's interesting that the human, the adult human skeleton is fully replaced about every 10 years. Did you know that? I did not so, know that. Isn't that cool? So That's anyway, very cool. As this osteocalcin is working to support bones, um, our, our bones break down and build up throughout our life. And as they break down and calcium is, is released in the bloodstream, calcium has to be reabsorbed into the bones and teeth. And we have to keep that out of soft tissue. Because if we don't, then we're running the risk of artery calcification, brain calcification, kidney calcification, prostate calcification, breast, brain, you, you name it. Um, and the vitamin that does that is vitamin K2. So you, these, 
nutrients are working synergistically. So vitamin D3 is one of the major players here, and we've got to make sure those levels stay up. But then we have to look at what other nutrients we're getting um, in addition to the vitamin D3 that's going to help everything work the way that it's supposed to work. Now, is vitamin D, oh, um, I'm hearing feedback. Can you get move your computer a little bit? Okay. Is that okay. better? That's better. Thank you. Okay. Uh, so vitamin D3, is it, it's obviously used for preventative. Is it also used therapeutically? It certainly can be. Now, you know, you're, you're not, I mean, one of the places that people can go, if they're interested, they can go to a site that's called PubMed, P-U-B-M-E-D, PubMed.gov. Uh, dot, dot uh, and that's like an online library of, of medicine, and you can get any kind of studies that you want. If you go there, you'll find some studies where it's been used therapeutically. The problem is, again, is that we don't value nutrients, uh, especially therapeutically, because they interfere with the sale of pharmaceuticals. I understand. Now, you can get a if, – if, if you go ahead and have your D levels checked – and your D levels are really low, chances are your doctor will give you a prescription for vitamin D2 at a really high amount, like 50,000 units or 50,000 milligrams, depending upon how they do that prescriptively. That is something to only use while you're getting your levels up and then go back to a supplement of vitamin D3. But vitamin D2 in, the, in those levels uh, are basically patented, and that way pharmaceutical companies can make some money off of it. So also, too, I'm hearing feedback, so can you – yeah, thank you. If I understand this correctly, uh, vitamin D2 is used to get your levels up. Is that correct? And then once you get them – and then once you get them up, then you go to a constant dosage of D3. Right. I see. Right. And the where you want your levels, and this is going to be, um, uh, you know, measured a, a certain way as they do measure levels of, of nutrients in blood, but you're going to want to look at your, your levels between, ideally between 50 and 80. Mm -hmm. And But most doctors, if you're over 30, will say you're doing okay. If you're under 30, um, then you, you, you need to beef that up, definitely. Really? Yeah, and, absolutely. And, now, does vitamin D deplete with age? Is there a correlation between age and vitamin D levels, either increasing or decreasing? Um, you know, again, the important thing is to keep naturally, um, because you're not going to be out in the sun as much, you don't eat as much, you know, things happen as we get older, um, that certainly can affect, you know, the, the maintenance of our vitamin D levels. But this is why, you know, just older people taking a multivitamin that's going to have a thousand units of vitamin D in it. Now, I, I don't prescribe. I just suggest because that's not my role and legally I can't do that. But um, and then eating, you know, these these vitamin rich foods. I mean, taking cod liver oil um, on a regular basis is something that's going to completely benefit us because of the omega threes, as well as the vitamin D three, as well as the vitamin A. Uh, that's going to just benefit us throughout our life and especially as we get older. So definitely. But here's here's another caveat about vitamin D3 that's really important. Being a fat-soluble vitamin, 
it relies on cholesterol partly for transportation in the body. And not only does it rely on cholesterol, but it relies on the, um, the very low lipodensity, the VLDL, um, which is if that goes awry, that's what kind of screws up our arteries. But what's happening, I believe what's happening is that as many adults are being put on cholesterol medicines, and sometimes just because we're 50, then the doctor says, well, you might as well do this to keep it under right. control. The problem right. is by doing that, we seem to be affecting the ability of um, vitamin D3 as well as other fat-soluble vitamins and some minerals to actually be carried to the cell. So these cholesterol medicines may actually, in a way, contribute to cardiac, cardiovascular issues as a result of preventing these really crucial nutrients for our heart to get to where they need to go. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Fascinating stuff. It is Absolutely. fascinating stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm Smart. hearing my I'm hearing my voice again. <laughs> I don't so, I don't hear anything on this end. Yeah, I I well, I don't hear it now. So and we want to savor your wisdom and knowledge, not mine. There you go. But uh so so vitamin D people should spend a half an hour in the sun. Is that optimum? I an do. hour and a half? What so here's the good? Okay, good question. Really good question. So here's the deal. We are told to stay out of the sun between the hours of 10 and 2. We want to go out in the sun between the hours of 10 and 2. Now, for people who are paler skin, you want to do it until your skin begins to turn pink, which you're looking at probably about 20 minutes, maybe a little longer. Mm -hmm. The darker skin, um, so people, you know, African-Americans, if they want to get out in the sun and get their vitamin D, then they're going to be looking at spending more like 40 or 45 minutes in the sun. Got but it. we don't need any more than that. And don't go out with sunscreen. Got it. And you want to be able to get as much of your body as possible, uh, you know, to, to absorb all those rays. And then now there's, this is more anecdotal. Um, because there isn't a whole lot of, of science I've read about this, but it's, I've read it consistently enough that I would kind of throw it out there. What you don't want to do is sit out for 20 minutes and then go take a shower. Okay. So you want it because you want to allow your skin, it's going to go through the skin, get into the bloodstream, be carried, be carried, um, via cholesterol, um, into the organs that need it. So ideally you're going to want to make sure that you just, you know, hang out for a while before you go and jump in the shower and anecdotal it may be, but you know, doesn't hurt to do it. No, it makes sense. So if you sweat it in the sun, that opens pores. Does that make the vitamin D more um, digestible? I don't then, know. Okay. <laughs> I don't know that. That's a really just, good question. I don't have any idea. Just curious. Now, a lot of people don't get measured. They don't go to the doctor. Right. How does vitamin D deficiency manifest itself? Like with it, headaches or how, how would you know without measuring yourself that you have a vitamin D issue? Okay, if you've got an immune problem, um, if you've got any cardiovascular issues, if you have any thyroid issues, um, nervous system issues, weight, uh, sugar issues, all of those kinds of things, then chances are you're vitamin D deficient. It's not going to manifest itself like in headache form or something like that, like a, a water-soluble vitamin might do. Uh, it's going to be a much deeper um, issue in the body. 
And so those are the things you want to, you want to really look at um, metabolically what your body's doing and what your overall health is like. I see. I see. So if you're susceptible to codes and you absolutely absolutely if you don't take if if you don't take a multivitamin take a multivitamin i believe that the best multivitamins are from whole foods real food um so you want to get that from a reputable uh company and you're probably going to help cover your levels that way eat your egg yolks eat your fish um you know salmon uh on a regular basis your oily fish and then chances are you're going to get those those d levels up one more I thing. See. Can I just say this one more thing? Please. I know, I know we're running out of time. But... No, we're not running out of time. We got, I got two hours. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so being that it's a vitamin that can ex- affect gene expression, mm-hmm. it's really important that pregnant women are getting plenty of vitamin D3 throughout the pregnancy and afterwards because vitamin D3 is not in breast milk. And so here, here's what happens though. Um, things that can affect gene expression that don't have anything to do with genes includes nutrients and it also includes other things in the environment like exposure to chemicals. And when, that you, kind of when you say gene expression, why don't you tell the audience what that okay. is? Because I Our have no genes idea expression, um, I have green eyes because of my genes. You have brown eyes because of your genes. Okay, Got so it's you, we're looking at- I thought at it was because I was full of shit. <laughs> That would definitely affect gene expression. I've, I've, I've often wondered with you. Um, but then it also, you know, we look at this, well, I'm overweight because my parents were overweight. So it's in the genes. Whereas it, actually only 4% of obesity is caused by genes. It's like saying, well, um, you know, my mother had breast cancer, therefore I'm going to get breast cancer. That's not necessarily the case. There's a genetic connection, but there's a whole bunch of things that have nothing to do with genes that can affect whether or not you will ultimately develop breast cancer. Okay, so that's, you know, that's one of the things that we're looking at with vitamin D3. And if a pregnant woman is deficient in vitamin D and her offspring is deficient in vitamin D and that is not corrected during that offspring's life, then their offspring will likely be deficient in vitamin D3. So you've got something that's going to go on down a family line that, in my opinion, from what I know, that is what may predispose us to illnesses on down the road. In fact, when when my grandkids were born, um, both both of my girls had the same pediatrician. And day one, when she came in to see those babies, she prescribed two things. One was a probiotic that swabs in the mouth to, you know, beef up the microbiome. The other one, because both of my daughters nursed, were vitamin D drops on the nipple. And that's it. Because she feels that those are the things that actually... Uh, one of the statements that she made about this is that she sees a real low level of autism in her practice. So, really? Yeah. So, and I'm not saying that probiotics and vitamin D3 are going to pre- prevent autism, but what I am saying is that these are what's giving their offspring a head start with uh, all of the things they're going to face in the environment that's going to be uh, combating them. Um, and, and, you know, that with good nutrition throughout your life, then you're setting yourself up for a healthy elderly life, which is where we're going now. Yeah, well, I'm there. (laughs) Yeah, I know, babe. I'm there too. So, you know, this stuff is really important. I remember 
a few years ago, somebody used to kind of chuckle at me when I would bring up vitamin D3. <laughs> and that person doesn't seem to be chuckling too much anymore. So. Chuckling right now, but he's laughing yeah. at himself. Now you no, see where yeah. I'm coming from. No, I understand that. And uh, yes, I was very skeptical. But then again, you and I have a competitive relationship. So that I just found do. something to bust your chops with. So that we do. So if um, vitamin D is, you know, I'm a Kaiser member. And right. it seems like at, at Kaiser, at least, the medical community is talking a lot about vitamin D, vitamin D3. Now, why is that, you think? Because they weren't doing that 10, 15 years ago. Why all of a sudden the visibility? Because the evidence is there. I see. And they're, they're finding that they have, to, they have to put more credibility into this because it is affecting so many things. And um, it's still, you know, it's still having a hard time getting out there. Um, and again, I think that, that some of that has to do with the pharmaceutical companies, uh, you know, because drugs are what, you know, boost their business. I mean, they wouldn't right. be in business if it weren't for the drugs they sell. So, uh, you know, I, I think that that's, that's one of the main reasons because we're seeing so many uh, health issues related with D3 as a common denominator. Yeah. And so I think that that's, that's why it's coming up. But we need to continue to expand that mm -hmm. because, again, these nutrients work in a synergistic way and we can't just be myopic and eyeball one of them at the elimination of the others when we know that these others are cofactors in determining what that nutrient does in the body. Got it. So, important stuff. Yeah. Got it. This is really good. So, cool. so Lori, I've got this vision. This is kind of, this is kind of down the road, and I share. I, this is kind of a little bit different than than vitamin D. But so, I kind of have this future, and I shared this with a Kaiser doctor once. And let me get your opinion on this thing: is that they'll be able to take a genetic mapping of children when they're really young and understand what they're vulnerable to and then be able to take, you know, herbal, complementary, supplemental, holistic medicine, diet, supplements, and be able to proactively address these issues to avoid a predisposition towards breast cancer or multiple sclerosis. Do you see the combination of, of medicine and what you do, nutritional education, moving in that direction? I would like to see it move in that direction. Whether or not it will ultimately go in that direction, I'm not really sure. Got it. Um, but I will throw this out. I know that you and I, I, I have two things with this. Well, number one, let me just say, is again, we have to keep in mind um, epigenetic factors. The things that we can't control are going to be environmental. Right. We can control the diet and all of that kind of stuff, but we can't control how our environment impacts us. We have Got very it. little control of that. Okay, number two, I think that your scenario would be much more likely in a single-payer system. Possibly, yeah. So, you know, because, because what, 
what you're eliminating out of that is the profitability of medicine. Sorry, but it's true. So when we, if we look at cultures or even European cultures that have single payer systems, their goal is to keep their population healthy so that their government doesn't go broke when they get to be our age. Right. Um, and we're not, we don't, we're, our medical system is not based on that. Well, Kaiser is. Kaiser is, I know, yeah. exactly. You yeah. and I have talked about that before. We talked about them taking over the VA. But yes, um, I think that would be a great idea. I think it would be a great idea too. And it's interesting is that one of the biggest challenges, because I talked to the head of, of, uh, of Kaiser for Southern California, and he said that's the direction they would like to go. Because he takes turmeric and ginger and, you know, he takes all these things that he knows helps. And they're trying to figure out how to integrate that proactively right. into their member base, which I think is pretty cool. You know, it. I mean, I would just like to see doctors be able to prescribe this, but not pharmaceutically. So that you right. go to a quality health food store and that this is what you get. The problem is is that doctors would have to be re-educated and doctors who are going to med school, people who are going to med school to become physicians are going to need a whole different kind of education. Yep. So a lot of work to do, but boy, I would love to see that. Okay, good, good. So we have a common vision. We do. Okay, so is there anything else you would like to say before we sign off? Uh, just eat real food and don't eliminate the fats, the good fats, because that's where you're going to get these, all these good nutrients that, that I, when I talked about cofactors and all of that, um, that's primarily where we're going to get them load with, with vegetables and fruit. Um, but don't, don't eliminate all of those good fats. We need them in the diet. We will do that, Lori. And once again, I thank the, who gives a shit files nutrition consultant, for taking the time and sharing her wisdom with us. <laughs> Do you think I should put that on my resume? I think you should. Nutritional for consultant for who gives a shit files. Hey, listen, this is my seventh podcast. I'm rolling here. There you go. You'll be famous soon. So people will love to see that on the resume. <laughs> well, I'd, I'd much prefer being infamous. <laughs> <laughs> All, All right. right. Thank you, Lori. Okay. Take care. Bye. Bye.